Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Brio, and welcome to Brio TV, the podcast. Hi, I'm Enrico Colantoni, and I'm talking to Bill because we're both old, and we're both still here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, well. We're still, we're survivors, man. I'll take that. Uh, and uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks at Hollywood Suite. Hollywood Suite, bringing you the best movies from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. Try it, Hollywood Suite. <laughs> Well, Rico, did you enjoy our theme song? That theme music was not. I thought it was fantastic. I, you know, it was like, it, it was like uh, ethereal and uh, mystical, man. Right? Yeah. Probably going to be some like pop heavy, no techno poppy. Nineteen seventy. It's "Express Yourself" by uh, Charles Wright and the uh, Watt Street Band. Oh, that's the. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Bill, you're 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 hustling me. I am because, hustling you because I did not hear a theme song. That apparently that's happening in post. Once yes, it once, is. Once we're done talking, you're spoiling the magic of podcast. But you know what? It's all it's all an illusion, man. <laughs> well, we are magicians. I I, I am so uh, grateful that you're here. My goodness, uh, just uh, we've known each other for a while and interviewing you in various projects. Yes, sir. and um, uh, not only are you an award-winning actor and uh, uh, you know uh, appearing in great shows and movies, including uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood right now, uh, and so it's a great uh, pleasure to have you, but also you're an Etobian, like myself. An Etobian? Yes. I th- I would always say Etobicokean. Is it Etobicokean? I don't know, but you got to add the Etobian. Yeah. Well, Etobicokean. Yeah, it's in there. You're yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Royal York and Dixon. Okay. Later on. St. Clair and Oakwood, originally. So, so you lived close by Henry Carr. Uh, you know what? Uh, not so close, but it was either that or Michael Power. Right. Okay. Well, you know, I went to Michael I Power. Know. So yeah. you and I went to separate schools together. Yeah. Separate schools. <laughs> right? It's one of my favorite <laughs> jokes. I'm sorry. <laughs> For people who don't know, the separate school system is the That's Catholic right. system That's in Ontario. Right. That's and, right. And, um, you know, great memories of those days. But let's first talk a bit about uh, this movie that's out right now, and people can see it with uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, uh, he's playing Mr. Rogers, the great Fred Rogers, and you're playing the uh, the manager of the uh, station. The the well, no, he's the he's he's he was Fred. He was. Technically, he was the he's CEO of Fred Rogers Incorporated, right? The, the Fred Rogers Company. Okay, but at the time, he was the producer and his right hand man. He was, and he you was, and you met this gentleman. Still, very good friends. Bill Eisler is wow. an amazing human being. Still, very much a part of the Pittsburgh community. And have you ever been to Pittsburgh? I have just once. You, I mean, you can wow. tell why uh, when Fred created the Mister Rogers Neighborhood. Growing up in Pittsburgh, you you really get a, a sense of neighborhood. Yeah, everybody who still lives there grew up in the neighborhood. There, right. there, there aren't a lot of transplants in Pittsburgh, so everybody right. you meet is like, "Oh, I went to school with so and so, and I went to this neighborhood and this neighborhood," and they're all still alive and vibrant. Yeah. So Pittsburgh is one of those great American cities that never really grew out of itself. Right. Uh, and has this history with the Carnegies, I guess, the steel. Uh, it, 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 it has uh, beautiful museums and places. Beautiful uh, museums. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful museums. Um, um, uh, and now, I mean, I guess it used to be the steel 
industry, but now it's it's medicine and oh. uh, alternate energy and well. stuff. But Bill Eisler, who's still a man of the community, yeah. um, was completely welcoming and just he'd be you know from from a simple hey I want to meet the guy I'm playing yeah. to he became a tour guide and a dear friend well, and we vacation together and it's really it's really, he's, he's a beautiful beautiful and his wife Marty are beautiful just ev- everything you would think that a guy like Fred Rogers would want right. to be associated with or be represented by yeah mm-hmm. uh, how often does that happen when you you uh, very strike rarely. up a, very, a friendship very, very, rarely right? yeah. rarely and rarely. and uh, how often have you played someone uh, who's alive uh, you could talk uh, alive to? never i've played I've played dead people. No, I, I, I've seen some of your performances. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, that's our one and only time with uh, uh, that was Colin good. Tony. That Sorry. was good. That was good. Uh, I would have liked to have met uh, Rene Angelil. Oh wow! But I did not because apparently he uh, didn't want the CBC to do the Celine story. Oh. Really? Remember that? Remember yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but everybody else I'd played that was a real historical figure was is uh, had already was, passed yeah, on. Had already passed on. Wow! And, and when you're playing someone real like this character, do you invest in it differently? Do you feel that once you meet them, especially that you have to represent them a certain way, or does it matter? Is it still a character in a show? Yeah, I, you know what? I I admire actors who do a strong imitation or really bring that. Um, that quality, but when you look at a guy like Tom Hanks, who yeah. really didn't do, didn't wasn't imitating right. Fred Rogers at all. He brought an essence that was that was real and beautiful, and he made it his own. I sort yeah. of would rather do something like that. Yeah. What, what was it, what did you hear from these folks about uh, Ted Rogers, uh, Fred Rogers, from uh, Bill? Is that his name? Yeah, Bill, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Tom Hanks. Yeah. He, well. Um, well, through Bill, we met Joanne Rogers, oh, nice. Fred's uh, uh, widow, mm-hmm. uh, and it was more the stories, the simple stories that he would share about his uh, the authenticity of the man mm-hmm. and how he he really was who you thought he was, mm-hmm. or rather, who you couldn't believe hoped was. he was hoped he was yeah, you know yeah. the image that he had on the show is mm. exactly who he was mm. and that's what the movie was about right pretty much about um how we as adults become cynical and how you know that inner child is still screaming to want to believe and mm. there's a guy like that who have you seen the film I haven't, okay. Rico. No, all right, all right, right, fine. Yeah. All right. Haven't yet. All right, you're telling people to go see it, but you haven't seen I'm it. I'm just a fraud. Thank you for pulling my oh pants my down on God. the podcast. No, I, I'm dying to see it. I'm sorry. I haven't seen it at this point. You know what? I think everybody has I to I should get have lied, right? No. You okay. can never lie. All right. Uh, but I think I think in your defense, everybody needs to go through go see the Frozen Twos and all those things, and and then when everything settles and Christmas settles and everything everything we're in the new year, people are going to be ready to see that film because it's it's not a child it's not a kid friendly film, and 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 I know several people have made the mistake of bringing their children right to the film. And it's just like no 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 don't do that. No, I I pretty much know what to expect. I, I because I'm a written about TV for so many years. I've um, gone down to that television critics press tour in, in L.A. for 30-plus years, and they have a 
gathering where people from all over North America, all the sure. critics go. I think that's where we met the first time. Probably was, right. Hope and Gloria. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Good memory. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the... Um, no, so I, I, uh, Fred Rogers was at two TCA events that I recall, and the second one was probably 20 years ago. And uh, it was announced he was coming, and we went to this room, and a couple of critics brought their young children to this press conference. And what was remarkable is that Rogers um, talked to the children and completely ignored us the entire time. He, all he wanted to make sure was that these kids were comfortable, that they uh, understood him. He had this dialogue, and we just watched that, and that was better than any press conference. And that's who he was. Yeah, it was remarkable. That's who he was. So, you, so I got to see how sincere he was, and uh, I never interviewed him one-on-one, but it was interesting. And Bill Eisler was pretty much his caretaker, because yeah. he knew that he would have spent the whole day talking to these kids and he was the guy who got him on a plane he was the one who got him back in the car made sure he got to didn't make sure he ate (laughs) wow yeah all those things that's what that's who bill was in real life Mm -hmm. uh the the film you know is really about the relationship between him and the uh the reporter character who's based on um matthew reese uh, matthew reese plays uh a character based on an actual reporter who came to see him. Don't you're going to cut this right because I yes sure his name right? sure leave it all in Phil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up. We'll figure this out. Uh, but 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 Matthew Reese, another uh, person I, I have met and interviewed, who seems like a, a very interesting guy, funny and very uh, funny, but but smart, right? Uh, I think so. Had you worked with him before? Never. Yeah. Admired him. I was more nervous about working with him than I was with Mr. Hanks. Really? Because the the American, what he did on the Americans yeah. was just phenomenal. It was really just how do you do that? Yeah. How how do you do that every day? Yeah. Those two showrunners on that series were, uh, I think, a big part of that. Uh, that they just obviously wrote a great show but i was ha- lucky to be on that set it was in new york right they shot the americans and yeah. uh one of them actually was involved in cia work you know it was a very authentic uh, he knew all that story about the oh. 80s and people haven't seen the americans it took place in the reagan era this family uh couple from russia were posing as americans and, and uh it was just before the wall came down uh, it's a one of the great overlooked tv shows ever i think right uh, I agree. But, but um, yeah, Reese is very good, and uh, his wife um, also tremendous on that series. Uh, uh, go ahead. Exactly. What go ahead. That's terrible. Ahead. I can't think of her name. Go ahead. Uh, we will figure this out. Go That's ahead. The, the miracle of um, uh, podcasting, we probably will come to us that uh, Lloyd Vogel uh, is... Uh, Lloyd Vogel is the character name. Yes. but but that, Based on the actual interviewer... The, the film was loosely based on the interview, the Vanity Fair interview right. article um, that he wrote in of Mr. Rogers that uh, yeah. opened a lot Who of Bill eyes. says was the best article ever written about Fred. Wow. Okay. Yep. Well, there you go. Uh, Congrat! And that was shot a little while ago. Uh, over a year ago. Yeah, we were like. But uh, uh, we were. You yep. were just in. Uh, yep. Yep. Tom's, you know. There we go. Yep. Okay. We got it all now. Thank you very <laughs> yep, much, yep, Phil. Yep. Yep. Thanks, Phil. Um, 
So, uh, and, and you also, and, and you're in New York quite a bit, you, uh, because you're... I just finished an off-Broadway play. Oh, my God, that's right. Yes, yeah. of course. Congratulations. Oh, oh, oh sorry, off-Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, is that how they pronounce it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> On Broadway, off-Broadway. Wow. Yeah, or, or, uh, yeah it was a new, a new play by Matt Williams, uh, who had created Roseanne. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yes. And uh, Home Improvement. And yeah, home that's right, yeah, and yeah, Home Improvement. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he now lives in New York, and... Just uh, writing plays, writing writing plays, running the Cherry Lane Theater, and we did it at the Lucille Hotel, and it was a great play that was really just psychologically, uh, it was a psychological mindfuck, essentially, essentially, mm-hmm. essentially, right. But it was a lot you of no fun. No problems humor- pronouncing fuck. I noticed fuck is easy, right? Yeah, one syllable. P H U, right? <laughs> F- uh, how, yeah. How many performances? Say it fast. Oh. <laughs> so how many performances? We ended up well. We closed early, unfortunately, just because it it sort of uh, tailed into uh, Thanksgiving. So right. Um, we 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 ran it for four and a half weeks, five wow. weeks. Wow, yeah. good for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is one of your great loves, the stage, right? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. If, if if the stage work paid like television, you would just do stage. Well, work, then everybody probably. would be, you know, just coming back. But, I mean, you know, when I when we were doing uh, Hope and Gloria and Just Shoot Me, yeah. it was still the best kept secret. In Hollywood, the the four camera world, right? You know what I mean. It's like no, it was as an actor working the schedule and everything. Yeah, yeah. but it, now you know, the, at the tail end of Just Shoot Me, everybody started getting wind that that you could be, you could actually have a life, right? Doing sitcoms, and yeah. then suddenly it was just you know saturated with movie stars coming back to. To do the four camera medium, right, or stand up comedians. There was a, a that's right an era where yeah. there everybody yeah. who had a good stand up act. That's right. Could, thanks to Seinfeld or uh, whoever uh, Tim. Everybody Allen, tried to do it. Roseanne, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, if the theater actually paid what a TV show paid, that's what you'd do. We'd be, we'd all be we'd all be. And, and uh, you studied in New York uh, at uh, Yale. I, I started off at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, right, yeah. on Madison Avenue, between thirty and thirty-one. Okay, and then upon realizing that that wasn't enough to get a job in New York huh. after five years of just starving, I realized that I needed to go to Yale or Juilliard or NYU to carry a spear at the public theater. It made that much difference. Yeah, really yeah, it did. Wow, uh, and of course, you know, twenty-one, a twenty-year-old kid coming out of Toronto, thinking enamored with the history of the American Academy, and it was it's still a beautiful place right. and important for a young soul to yeah. discover themselves. Yeah, it, the, the business had changed in New York. That they really there was just so many acting schools in New York City now. They really just needed to mm-hmm. uh, focus on those graduate schools that uh, that you know right. Who who else might have been at the academy while you were studying? Did you have uh, uh, Joanna Going was in my class? Joanna Going, Going Gone. She's had a lovely film career. Yeah, there was you know what? It was just it it just it was just a an a lesson in the absurdity of it all. And what do you mean? Well. It's like we're talking about it. We're, we're we're here talking about it because we have a sense of the industry itself, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and how it all works as a business model. But when you're 20 years old, 
and you just want to learn how to feel. Right. And you go to New York as opposed to Los Angeles because the people you admired as a young actor were all came through New York City and all started in the stage. Had nothing to do with becoming rich. It right. had nothing to do with having a sense of of the business or being invited to any party. It was just about blood, sweat, and tear on a on a on a black on a black floor. And, and I would imagine what you feel is fear. Like this is New York. If you're coming from Etobicoke, yeah, to jump into that place yeah. oh, to me at at nineteen and twenty would have been. Uh, terrifying. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, but I, there was. But but I was driven by um, escapism too. I yeah. needed to get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, something something in, inside me said that the family system that I was growing up in just didn't make sense. Right. It was uh, it was volatile and it was it was it was dangerous in it, in and of itself. And I go, um, and there was little room to be expressive in that world. You got, you got shut down easy. I mean, most Italians growing up in in any household. I mean, it was like, we're demonstrative people, you know. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do know. And growing up in it, there was little room unless, you know, you, you, it, it just, the theater was just so much safer. You could be demonstrative in the theater. Yeah. And, and not feel like you were going to. That's Get what, bloodied up. That's what you're supposed to you do. You know what I mean? My girlfriend, Sandra, is Italian, and I keep saying to her, just lower your standards. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't expect all this, but it, it's it's impressive, and uh, I, I'm facetious about that. Um uh, well, let's talk. I was going to talk about this later, but why don't we get to it now? This is one of the great stories I've gotten from anyone is your um, opportunity then uh, when you were a young man and you wanted to leave Etobicoke, you wanted to study. And so you went to New York um, and uh, you did a year at the academy, I think. It was it was it was it was more than that. It was it was a it was a three year program. But I'm just yeah. I, the, what the one I'm getting to is that you went down for a year, and then it seemed you came back to Etobicoke, and it didn't look like you were going to be able to afford to oh, return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that's what that's what really bonded us, didn't it? Yes, through our man. Yeah. yeah. So we'll yeah. explain the backstory to this. We talked yeah. a bit about Henry Carr and Michael Power. So yeah. there's these two high schools, and there, there were priests who ran the, those schools. Brazilian yeah. fathers. Yeah, um, and this is a, a good story about priests. So let me just put that out there right off the top. Thank God. Yes, and and we met some wonderful men. And there was a father, Michael Gates, who was a uh, became a good friend who was at Michael Power, and uh, he was good friends with Father Ted McLean, who ended up being the principal at Henry Carr. Yeah, McLean. People probably don't remember him, but he could have been a Toronto Maple Leaf, right? He was the Flying Fathers, right? right? And he went to school, I think, with Dave Keon and Frank's. Uh, Mahavlage at uh, St. Michael's years ago, and literally was skated with the Leafs at a training camp, could completely have done that, and chose instead to be a Brazilian father. Um, I really didn't know him much at Power, because he'd already gone, I think, to Carr to set up that school. I think he was the founding principal. Father Moen was the founding principal. Father Moen. Oh, well, he's the the guy you want to open anything. Moen just passed away recently, but he scared the bejesus out of me and everybody else. He did. Because he started at Michael Power, didn't he? He did. And and his son, Peter Moen, is a showrunner, writes television shows. His son? Yes, yeah. (laughs) Peter 
Father that, Moen's that, son has a know, son? Uh, or, or his nephew. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right yeah. <laughs> well, you Whoa. know, these days. Hello. You know, hey, look, Hello. At, look at Buffalo. Let's just take the <laughs> Buffalo Archdiocese. This isn't that crazy an idea. No, you're right. Uh, pardon me. It's not his son. Not his son at all. Let me stop those rumors. Thank God Father Moen's dead. I would be, a bolt of lightning would have hit me by now. No, he was his nephew. I think let's, oh, I think let's, okay. let's, let's get that going. They go, wow, I heard it here Peter the Bill Mo- Brio podcast. There'd be a lot of laughing. I can hear Peter Moen laughing from across the no, city. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but uh, Moen would come into school and he would scare all the Niners. He would literally go, if you don't like it here, you're, Michael Power, well, then leave. Yeah, no, right? he, he would have the same speech for the Henry Cars, yeah. but we had North Albion Collegiate across the street. So he goes, you could go to Naki. Right. You go to Naki. Right, right, yeah. No. Oh, he would have that. But so in the first three years at Henry Carr, Father Moen was the the, the patriarch. Guy. Right. You know? And then uh, in my senior year, or my in my fourth year, uh, I think Father McLean came in. No, it was... Um, uh, Father James, uh, no, Father uh, uh, Mr. Nolan, Mr. Nolan. Oh, okay. And Nolan was the principal, and then in my senior year, when I was, I was actually student body president. Were you? Whatever. Congratulations! Out there. Wow. What uh, are some of the perks? Uh, nothing. <laughs> there were no perks. It was a, it was a Catholic school. Right. Okay. Um, Extra communion. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I get two. Right. Uh, and then Father McLean came in, so I got to. I actually got to work really close with him because everything I had to oh, wanted to do, yeah, yeah. Had, you know, was yeah. was mentored through him. Had to go through the principal. Yeah, uh, and so okay. And then there was another uh, important figure. His name was uh, Blair Duckworth, who was uh, my English teacher, and uh, and then became um, a counselor. And he was the first person I said I want to go to New York and um, and be an actor. And he told me about his brother who moved to New York and about all the dreams that have been squashed, shattered, and just did everything he could to dissuade me. And then finally I said, I still want to do it. And he goes, good. Oh, awesome. And good. That's, that's what you want, right? Yeah. To be challenged a bit. Yeah. yeah. And then to be, damn it, I'm going to show yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Wow. So I ended up, you know, it took a... a Went to ended up going to U of T for a year and realized no, that's when I decided I wanted to go to New York. Took a year off, worked a little bit, and I finally in New York City. And my dad drove me. It was the first time we were both there, and it was in the middle of the rush hour. And my poor dad, this immigrant man from from Italy, was just devastated, and he was pale because he was he, he's looking at this city that is overwhelming for anybody. Right. You could. I mean, there's no other city like New York City and when you come in from Newark and you come into the city during rush hour it's just the intensity of that city is 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 you feel like you're going to have a heart attack you're going to have and I thought he was yeah Uh, and he drove me and we drove to the 92nd street Y and Hmm. and it was it was it was horrible every 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 I looked for every reason possible to just run back home and but the minute school started, and there were those four hours every day where I could just explore and yeah. be emotional and discover yeah. things, that sort of kept me in there. But money became an issue after the first year. Right. So 
And, and then we're talking in the 90s? Uh, no, we're oh. talking the early 80s. We're talking oh, 84. Oh, mid-80s. So what would give pe- people uh, an idea of what the tuition might be if you were from oh outside of the God. United States? It was, not even a big, it was not even a lot of tuition. It was maybe $4,000 a year. But to live in New York? To live in New York was another you know, $5,000 just for food and what you were paying at the 90s. So all in all, I needed a good ten dollars to $12,000 because I couldn't work. Right. So anything I had. So by the end of that first year, there w- I had no money left. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, the rent was paid for because it was the 92nd Street Y and they sort of needed everything up front. Mm-hmm. But food wise, it was my friend John Latiri came to visit me once with a bucket of cheese and he just <laughs> I just kept it in my fridge and I ate that cheese <laughs> for the last March and April. Yeah, for the last <laughs> the last two months I had cheese and bouillon cubes I would just <laughs> wow. you know and so I got skinny really really fast yeah and uh, thinking that I wasn't going to come back because I didn't have the money right uh, I, of course you know I'm back in Toronto and, I go, and, and and also tell folks too because you were recognized at this point already the school was like man this guy is going to be something didn't you win the uh, yeah principals? later on later on yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like they they had they didn't know that I couldn't come back yet. Right. I was accepted to come back to the second year, but yeah. I went home thinking, I, I can't do this. And uh, I went to visit, visit Father, uh, Ted Father, Father Ted McLean mm-hmm. at Henry Carr just to say, hey. This is in the summer before Yeah, school? no, I think, well, we had finished, yeah, it must have been the summer because I was done in August sometime, and he they were just getting ready to go back to. Right. Their school. September school. So yeah. everything, they were all there and they were all getting classrooms ready mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, he says, um, you look you look really thin. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Yeah. I go, you know, father, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's just uh, making it work, you know. Yeah. He goes, and you're going back? I go, no, I just, I just don't have the money yeah. to go back. And he says... Uh, gives me the finger yeah. and he says, come into my office. And so at the time, I don't, you know, th- I guess this is, I always feel uncomfortable sharing this bit of information. But at the time, the dad's club of Henry Carr right. raised a fuckload of money. Right. Privately, through fundraisers yeah. and everything just to support our school yeah. and to lower tuition and make it accessible yeah. to, for all the kids that wanted to go there. Because at this time, uh, the system was that uh, if you wanted to go to the separate school, car or power, you had to pay for your own education in grades 11, 12, 12 and 13. 13. That's right. And, and uh, But it was still like maybe 700 bucks. Right, right. Yeah, it a was year. significant back yeah. then. You know, 19- Because of the dad's club. Right, yeah. Uh, and so uh, fundraising and extra jobs was part of... You were actually invested in your education. I That's always right. thought it was a good thing. That's I thought right. it was bad when yeah. they didn't do that. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. So they had all this this money in their bank mm. that when the separate school board was ready to be sort of absorbed by the public school system, yeah. right, the Ontario system, yeah. they wanted all that money. Right. And McLean was like, no fucking way. Yeah. We 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 raise this money. Right, you're not getting it. Right. So I was like, I don't know, maybe one of of a line of people that said, "You need money." Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna write you a check right now. And he gave me a whopping five thousand bucks. Wow. Which 
fed me for a year. Wow. Fed me for a year. The school ended up giving me a partial scholarship. So all I needed to do was, you know, maybe raise two, two, three thousand bucks. Went through OSAP. They gave it to me and I was set for the next year. But if it wasn't for Father Ted, Father McLean. Do you think that would have been it? You'd come back to the yeah, job, you got you a know. job. Well, what else would you have done? Sure, because I was looking for an excuse to come back, any excuse to come back, mm. because New York is, a, is, is tough. Yeah. Uh, but signs after that, you know, I would have gone back to school. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I know, you know, Tony Napo, who's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah. I mean, he, he came, he, he went to the academy, sort of followed... He followed my footsteps in that we had the same undergrad teacher at U of T, oh. and uh, Kathy Smith b- b- basically told us both to go to New York, and, wow. and he went to the academy, and then I think he had uh, personal issues that forced him to come back. He would yeah. have done the third-year program, too, but he came back, and he made it work, man. He's... He's he's a Canadian actor who works all always, the time. Always working. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And he's just gracious and lovely and yeah. funny, you know. Uh, but uh, And you two worked together on uh, Bad Blood, Bad right? Blood. Yeah. We met on Flashpoint. But then, oh, yeah. we, but we always had that bond through, through Kathy Smith. So yeah. we'd mm. known each other for a while. Um, and he's still dear to me. But I've just... I'm, I'm, it's remarkable that he made it work. I would have, I would have floundered. I would have floundered coming back to Toronto because I really relied on, um, let's say, the encouragement of those teachers hmm. that kept me going. Well, who's to say? You'd already been passed the test. You'd been tested by fire by doing that experience. It was a hard thing to do, and it was courageous, really. You know, a lot of us would have yikes. Not even yeah. got out of your dad's car, you know. Well, again, uh, again, I'm, 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 I think I'm old enough to disclose some of the information, but I, it was at a time where, okay, now I'm done with school, time to go home. And again, because of the kindness of my friends hmm. and teachers, they didn't want me to leave. Hmm. So one of them offered to marry me. So I could stay as an American, as an American, really. And at that time, wow, I've never said that out loud. It's been forty, and she's still one of my closest and dearest friends. But she just didn't want me coming home. What an offer! And uh, (laughs) and at that time, you know, the you know the immigration and stuff was very simple. It was like within two months, I had a green card and. and so er- at every turn, every time I wanted to come back, something just made it okay for me to stay. Interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, you're right about... I, I was in uh, L.A. for two years with TV Guide Canada, 85 to 87. And when I got to the border, I literally had a letter from my editor, Ken LaRone. You know, Please let Billy stay in the States for two years. Like It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> right. And I remember the guy gave me a hard time saying... Uh, you do what? You write about television? Listen, can you move NYPD Blue back an hour? Can you, when you get there, talk to somebody. Talk to, you know. Uh, it was a different time. Uh, it was a different time. And, and what I remember, too, is you got OHIP coverage back then living in the States. Like you did? Was, yeah, or in California. Oh, least, I yeah. didn't know that. Well, now you know. Now, now it's like, if you don't oh, live here yeah, anymore, little, you're done. You better tougher. let us know. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, and I've cut you off. Or is there more to um, where we were at on that? Like, uh, and we could have glossed over this heroic act, Ted McLean. God bless him, right? Yeah, 
And but it was always, you know, the the the, the kindness of of people like Ted and my friends in New York that yeah. just kept me, yeah, kept me going. And and you know, and I'm sure, and, and I'm sure there was a there was a big Father McLean had a big fuck you toward anybody who wanted to take that money away from them. Brazilians were like that. They were just like, no them. way, no, we're going to give it. We're going to give it back to the community. Yeah. We're going to we're going to share this money. We're not. Uh, yeah, I, I, there was a, at Michael Power. They raised it a millionaire's night. They called it. And Father uh, Gates had this board con- uh, built and it had a thousand nails. And on them were little like tags like from a laundromat. And it was numbers one to a thousand. And you bought a tag for ten bucks and you could win a thousand dollars or you split the the board would literally tilt forward. They would all drop down a funnel, and the winning was like a lottery. Um, and I, I bought a ticket with Father Gates, and he came over one day with a pizza and a check for five hundred bucks. And I was—I didn't have a nickel at that point. So it's interesting how things happen. Um, That's beautiful. You know, and, and who knows even if I did win? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. These guys maybe he yeah. dipped into the same uh, but, funds. But know? see, I mean, we can, we can, we can spend an hour and talk about how different it is now because they, it was it was a vocation for them yeah and teachers i think coming in and becoming teachers now it it's it's not it's not a vocation for them anymore well uh, you know i think in some ways to uh, be fair I, I play hockey with a bunch of guys who are teachers and parents have changed too you know like it's a little different pressure if it, it would when we were in school i think if we did something wrong we didn't want to tell our parents because we'd get in more trouble now the parents are there with their lawyer you know <laughs> the involvement is very different so but i know what you mean um, no but I, I mean there aren't there aren't I, I don't know where the bazillion chapter of the priesthood is these days i don't hear about them i don't i go to henry carr and i go there are a few priests still there are fewer priests. Oh yeah, they're no. teaching. They're not. They're not. I asked, they're, it's just a different time, and of course things will change. And I'm not being critical or anything, but I we do come from a different a different time where we experience the 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 accountability one had when they went to school. It's night and day. When, when I, I ran into one several years ago, a gentleman used to be the librarian at Michael Power, Father Williams. And I hadn't seen him in years, or I hadn't seen it. I said, Father, where are all the bazillions? He goes, cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and we, all these guys, Father Redman, they died at 50. Like they died and there was young. nobody to replace him. No, no. And uh, so it is a different different time for sure, different era. And with that, you know, I, we'll, we'll get back into what uh, other roles. I want to talk to you very much about uh, several movies and series. But we'll Why? take a short... What? Why do we want to do that? Well, because I'm curious as hell. Uh, so we'll take a short break for this uh, announcement. Stand by. Okay, listen, film buffs, have you seen some of the classic Fellini's Eight and a Half, The Bicycle Thief, Belle de Jour, A Hard Day's Night, one of my favorite films of all time? These are all films that, if you've seen them uncut, and in their pristine, uh, you know, high-def version, they're just beautiful. And some of my favorite films of all time. Well, you can watch them on Hollywood Suite. Hollywood Suite, of course, has the best movies of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. But they also have these great films from the Criteria Collection and uh, other 
places where they they restore and and, and you know th- these are folks that love film and uh, that's some of the stuff that I find on Hollywood Suite that I'm really interested in. The other thing is they take a look at different years. They've got a new series now, a year in film, and they'll look at the year 1978 or 1983 or 92, and you know. Take 78, Saturday Night Fever, The Deer Hunter, Dawn of the Dead, Days of Heaven, Superman, the movie, my goodness, Margot Kidder, Canadian, flying through the air, no strings. So, uh, Christopher Reeve. So, you know, it's a fun place to stop and watch movies and, and relive the moments when you first discovered them. Or if you've never seen them, go to Hollywood Suite. Hollywood Suite, the best movies of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Okay, did you enjoy that break? How was that? That was exhausting. (laughs) I thought we'd never get back to the show. I know. Well, we don't like to keep our guests waiting. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm curious now. So we left it at you've you've gone to school. You've got all this training. Feels like an hour ago. Yeah, I know. In New York. (laughs) Uh, What was the first job? What did you get that turned things around at that Uh, point? Well, you know, it it was um, funny enough. Remember that show, A Current Affair? Yeah, with... um, a current affair. Maury, Maury, Maury Povich. Povich. Maury ended Maury. up dating his daughter when I was at Yale. Wow. That was always fun. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> meeting him was very fun. Anyway. Maury is the, uh, the uh, your girlfriend's uh, father. Yeah, that would be yeah, interesting. At the time, yeah. He must have got grilled at the door. Uh, it, was, it was very, he was, uh, you know, it was like he's a TV personality. So it was like he didn't remember me. But, right. of course, he acted like right. we were old buddies. Right. Um, but I, they re... I guess it was still relatively new, the John Belushi story and how he had died. And so it was still, it was still worthy of tabloid journalism, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And it was coming to an anniversary and they were doing the reenactments of his last days. And you put some, uh, some sideburns on a young Enrico Colantoni you and, you, and you shoot him from under the chin and he could, he could be... Uh, you he, must could, have, he could play John Belushi. You must have needed a lot more cheese at this point. I, <laughs> was this this was post cheese? Was it post cheese? So, okay. uh, <laughs> so this was all after you know I had my green card and I can start working and stuff. And and so they were doing an autobiography of yeah, uh, just the reenactment of his last days talking. It was it was a current affair, Bill. Oh, oh, okay. it was all you know. It was like you know they were they were they were the, they were the the pioneers of tabloid journalism. So right. It was uh, reenactments and him doing lines of cocaine and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. Ooh, did, you know, what happened at the Chateau Marmont right. and who was really there. And, right. And so I just played, you know, a sleeping John Belushi or a... Or dead. A dead John Belushi. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like that. Wow. That's what... I, and they gave me... I think they paid me 400 bucks. Wow. And it was like... Yeah, going pizza to for everybody. <laughs> I was living with two other guys in a one-bedroom apartment back then. Wow, we still in take, New York? It was all in Queens. Yeah, wow. the story of Queens, mm. and um, and we shared a one-bedroom, and we would take turns who would sleep and like who would actually get the bed. Oh my god! Wow. Otherwise, it would be on the floor in the living room. Or really, a couple of coats down. And, and that four hundred bucks was like, all right, boys, I'm taking you out to dinner, and we all went to the Greek restaurant around the corner and. And Aren't they all Greek restaurants around the corner? There was that time in Astoria. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, what a story. So you did a current affair. Yeah. And from that, did it lead to something nothing. else? Okay. Absolutely nothing. So, so I, thought, I thought my, you know, everything would change. <laughs> my life would be different. Well, 
I read an early credit. You go to IMDb, which yeah. it, you have like 90 acting credits there. I don't know if you realize. It's like a huge list of things. 127, but who's counting? Is it, is it, well, I don't know. if you I'm add kidding. your directing uh, credits oh, and everything yeah, else, it's pretty impressive. But I'm okay. <laughs> uh, so there's 1,000 uh, credits there on IMDb. And um, one of the first ones is Night Heat here in Toronto, which uh, uh, was a show when I just was a TV guide and... There's, there's the characters that ran this show, uh, Sonny Grosso. Uh, yeah. They were the guys behind uh, the... Um, the French Connection. The French Connection, thing. right? They, they, Sonny Grosso was the was played by Roy Scheider in the film. Right. Yeah. And I like Highland was the actor. There was a couple of Canadian actors who were playing these two guys yeah. on the series. Uh, do you have any memories? Jeff Wilcott. Jeff, yeah, right. Jeff Wilcott. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah. this was a, a show lasted five years on CTV or something. It was, I mean, Sonny Grosso reinvigorated Toronto in the film industry, yeah. the film and TV industry in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, so what had happened? Um, I was still in New York floundering doing little plays with friends just staying busy yeah at this point you know by the generosity of my friend uh i was able to hold a job and stuff but mm. it was it, I, I was getting burned out and i thought i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to toronto and i found an agent in toronto and it, within a week i booked um Friday the 13th. Oh, wow. Was shot in Toronto as yep. well. With the, Roby. The TV, with Roby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I interviewed with her. With Roby. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, and in in a week, I had booked both shows. Wow. Night Heat and, and, and Friday the 13th. Mm. And the funny thing with, with Night Heat is like everything was filmed at night. Right. Overnight. Yeah. And it, and it freaked me out. I didn't. I was a young guy who was just like used to. to I go, I don't. How does anybody perform at three o'clock in the morning? Right, and I would fall asleep between takes, and I would eat too much because I'd never had real food. I'll never have a Friday the Thirteenth was the first time I, I broke for lunch, and they had all that food, and right. I ate it like a starving, struggling actor. Right, and I ate it all, and then by the time I had to go back to fucking work, and I was like, I went to the dir- uh, director. Um, uh, oh my God, God bless his soul. On Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Alan King. Alan, Alan King. King directed it. Wow, and I go directed features. That's right, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. And he was the first person I'd worked with. And I go, Alan, I'm tired. He looked at me like, "What? <laughs> you fucking talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I need a nap." <laughs> and I was serious. I was dead serious. It's like I didn't know. It was the first yeah, time yeah, I'd done yeah, television. Yeah. It was like I'm just tired. I wow. need a nap. I can't give you what you need. It's just right. like get the fuck in, get in there. Yeah, exactly. Get in there. He didn't shut things down for a couple hours. He, you no. know what? In Europe, they would have. Yeah, well, they you know don't work I mean? past four thirty in Europe. <laughs> No, I, I actually was on the set of Night Heat, and you write overnight, and um, I was doing a story about how it, they shoot it at night. Yeah. And um, in the trailer was a guest star, and it was the guy who played um, Kung Fu. Uh, David Carradine. David Carradine was yeah. guesting on. And I go in his trailer, and he's in there, and he's in a robe and bare feet in his trailer. And uh, he goes... Oh, you're Canadian. You want a beer? And I said, I, at the time, I didn't, didn't drink beer. I said, no, thank you. And I, it's two in the morning. I got my tape recorder. I'm ready. And he's going, you won't drink beer. I go, well. And he goes, you're Canadian, and you won't have a beer. Get the fuck out of my trailer. Like, no. Yeah, no, no, no. He was literally, he was very upset. So I had to sit there and pretend to drink a beer. And then we get out of the trailer, and he gets out, and he looks around, and there's a guy, straggly gray hair, in just rags, and he's shuffling down under an overpass for the Don Valley Parkway, which is where we were shooting this thing. And he's hop, and Carradine goes, "Hey, 
Hey, Don, Don. It's Don Franks. Don Franks, an actor. Who, oh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Canadian yeah, sure. actor, but many, many things. So I'm not sure if Don was in character or costume, but <laughs> the two of them, I guess, had been friends. And I just, I never forgot that moment, how... Happy Carradine was to see, uh, see? Don Franks. Yeah. I, uh, David did a Just Shoot Me. Uh, did Franks did? No, That's David right. Carradine. Oh, okay. did, and a, a lovely, lovely man. But just you, you could tell that the guy just. I mean, you, as an actor, you admire anybody who carries themselves without any sort of self consciousness. Right. He's not. He's just. This yep. is whatever he's whatever who he is in that moment is who he is. Yeah, uh, I'm tired of being on this successful show called Kung Fu. I'm right, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away. Yeah, and uh, it was just like wow, and he really carried himself like that. It's yeah. just like what he is. Just wow, it was just well, really was that really cool. What you were going for when you told King you're tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired. Get me out of here. And then the night heat was uh, directed by Don Shabib. Oh yeah, going down the road. Uh, yeah, uh, St. Mike's grad. Uh, apparently, yeah. he didn't like me very much because I, you know, I was it was three o'clock in the morning, and I didn't know how to do it, and so I played this assassin who just was like dealing with just early morning fatigue. I didn't know what I was doing, yeah. and I'll never forget. I had to break into this. Uh, this room and start shooting people and i remember you know spencer tracy used to come into a room and look for his mark and just like you know see his mark and then look up and start talking right Right. it was a whole thing that he would do you'd see it a million times yeah and so i go i fucking can't find my mark i'm I'm opening the door i gotta hit this mark so i'd like come in i'd look for my mark and i'd start shooting yeah and shabib stops me he goes hit men don't look for their marks i go fuck me man I'm, i'm done I'm dead. I'm never going to work in this town again. So he says it in front of the crew. In front of everybody, everybody, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit men don't look for their marks. Wow. Yeah. I go, okay. You've endeared yourself to me, pal. Right. And ever since that, it's just a combination of, like, fear and three o'clock in the morning and me going, uh. <laughs> So, well, it was a baptism by fire. Oh, my God. It was, it was, uh, yeah. but, but, I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, but, well, yeah, thank it's, you very it's much. cathartic, so you can get it out of your system. <laughs> now, shortly after this, though, you start working more in L.A., right? No, nothing. Nothing happened. Who is, who is feeding you this information? Well, okay, well, let's talk about Galaxy Quest. Nothing. There's a whole chapter that you're missing. Okay, so from... Couple of years, couple of years in New York. I would go in Toronto. It's just like it dried up. I thought, oh, I'm going to make a career in yeah. Toronto. It's yeah. just like the fuck. Two jobs in like six months. I'm like, nothing else happened. You didn't get on learning the ropes with Thiel Alzado or uh, <laughs> TNT with Mr. T or nothing. Like, nothing. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. I go. I'm going back to fucking New York. I'm going back to New York, and I'm going. Okay, now what? It's like I don't have an agent. I don't have anything. I'm back in New York. I go. Oh, fuck it. I'm going to go to that school. I'm going to audition for the Yale School of Drama. Oh, okay. And and that was it. That changed my life. Wow. It's 27 years old. I've been in New York for five years. My parents, at that time, moved out of the country, moved back to Italy. Oh, So I had wow. no more home right. to come back to Toronto. I go, I'm in New York. Mm. I got nowhere else to go. I'm going to apply to the Yale School of Drama. Mm. And they took me in and I go, okay, I'm going to invest three years. And I, I learned so much. Wow. I, that's where I learned how to 
you know, just look at it as a craft and not mm. accidental. Right. And, and, and it will also make the connections necessary to get work, I would think. Right? Not at all. No? <laughs> really? Okay. You would think yeah, yeah. with such an illustrious alumni yeah, yeah. from the Yale School of Drama. No. But what it did do is that after three years of being prepared, they had the league auditions. Mm-hmm. We had league auditions. This is where I met, you know, the Deb Messing and uh, Vivian Benish, who were wow. graduating from the NYU program. Yeah. Uh, sort of a long way of saying that that's where I'll end up doing this Broadway show yeah. in the spring with Vivian Benish directing it and Deb acting in it. Wow. You know, a little sort of long time. Yeah. Anyway. But that was 1993, right? Uh, it was league auditions. We did these scenes. Finally, I had an agent. Finally, I get an agent that's powerful enough to get me into doors nice and that's that's what changed everything okay yeah and and what was the the big opportunity after that uh nypd blue you did a couple episodes right i did a couple that brought me out to la to do peter boyle's son and then while i was there i met the people for hope and gloria bill and sherry stein kellner right from cheers from cheers and uh funny story with that i'm auditioning and it was just like it was like a week and a half or two weeks of auditioning and realizing that, you know, people were different in L.A. When, you you know, you're trying to do good work and they just, just, they didn't care. They just didn't seem to care. You so know the intensity's I mean? gone. Yeah, the intensity's gone. And then I meet Bill and Sherry and I'm reading and I'm sort of, at, again, you know, just fed up. I get fed up really fast. <laughs> Thank you, you for staying this long here. Because you adjust. Because you have that. to adjust. Right? I go. I go. My energy isn't working, right. so I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah. chill. I'm. Yeah. I'm gonna relax. Yeah. And uh, Bill has this crazy mocking laugh. You can oh. still hear it on Cheers. If you listen <laughs> you can to hear Cheers, the audience, you can hear oh, him wow. laugh wow. on episodes of Cheers because wow. he's at the. <laughs> Oh, that's and hilarious. he starts laughing in yeah. the room, and I go, "This motherfucker is making fun of me." Oh, and I came this close, really, this close to just saying, "Fuck, Clocking this is him. bullshit." Really, this is bullshit. It's like, stop, you know. Now, now, this is just—it's humiliating. And I'm, and I was like that close to just stopping. Wow. And then I realized, oh my god, they—they <laughs> they, they like what I'm doing, right? And that's his way. And his, his yeah. laugh was just so ridiculous. I thought he was making fun of me. And then it was Hope and Gloria, and then Hope and Gloria, just shoot me and just shoot me. And, and remind folks that who played Hope and Gloria. Cynthia Stevenson was right. Hope. Who was Canadian from Vancouver, That's I right. think. That's right. Lovely, yeah. beautiful lady. And mm-hmm. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica Lundy okay. played Gloria. Right. And she went on to do the, the crazy movie with Tom Hanks. Tom. No, Tom, the one who married Roseanne. Oh, Tom... Uh, J- Arnold, Tom Arnold, my God! Yeah, yes. they came to do the stupids in Toronto. <laughs> Don't we have a rule? No Tom Arnold mentions on this. You know, oh, I'm sorry, Tom. Wait, what's his name? Too late. Uh, well, uh, and Alan Thick, of course. Uh, great stories about Alan. Oh well, come on. Alan Thick was like. Did he write uh, the Hope and Gloria theme song? Probably, no, right? no, he he wanted to. I'm sure he did. <laughs> but it was originally Lyle Wagner who did the pilot. Oh, and of course, you know, somebody didn't like Lyle, and next thing mm. you know, uh, it's uh, Alan Thick. Alan Thick is playing Dennis Dupree. That's right. And uh, and he was just uh, very very distant and very aloof. Thick, thick yeah. was, and then he heard that I was Canadian. Oh, yeah. He goes, you're Canadian. Come here, my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, his arms just opened up. Yeah. 
and he became did, one did, of my dearest, dearest, closest, uh, you know, Did he, uh, 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 did he ask where your skates are? Did you have to play hockey with him? Right. That's okay. exactly what he right. did. Awesome. That's right. exactly what right. he did. Right. I had to buy skates. I had to <laughs> buy equipment. He brought, right. You know, we were at the pickup game yeah. in, at Pickwick. And wow. he brought me, and he literally took me under his wing. And next thing you know, everything was like, Rico, Rico, you're taking it all too serious, my boy. You have to learn how to have fun, how to enjoy. You it's like, look at what we're doing. Right. This is like the, the opposite of what I was trained. About. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. And Louis Utz is, you know, I'm yeah. Louis Utz, and Louis Utz is me. And Tom, and then, you know, Alan Thicke was just the exact opposite of just See, like how to, how to soak it up and enjoy it all. That's a sitcom right there. You two guys. That would have been. He was, <laughs> he was a remarkable, remarkable man. Yeah. Just. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and and guy from Kirkland Lake, Ontario, right? Just from nowhere, uh, who really struck at gold. He just knew. He just he was just he he was born to 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 do that. And, and back then, when you were invited to play hockey in Los Angeles, this is before Gretzky got there. I imagine. No, he was there. Oh, was there? Oh, okay. yeah, he was there. So did he you was on to, the way? He was you about get to get traded skate too. with Wayne. Did you? No. Get, okay. No, 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 no. He no. and Thick were pretty good pals, right? Yeah, and uh, so uh, through Allen, we started playing on the celebrity team, right? So I got to Michael you know, J. Fox. Uh, he never. He only played. Re- he had just gotten hurt or something, or okay. he just, or ju- he had just finished hurting Bobby Orr or something. Oh, or something like that. that that's not. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Trebek. Yeah. He played. Uh, Matt Perry was very. You know, Matt was oh, friends that, at the time, yeah, yeah. and so we played with him and his dad and Coulier. Dave Coulier was a big player, um, uh, and Allen, of course, and. Uh, yeah, so we'd just we'd float around the country playing against the alumni, the Philadelphia Flyer alumni. How cool is that? That's amazing. every Canadian Boston dream. Esposito yeah. and Bobby Orr would come into the dressing room, and no, it was it was it was that was yeah, it was, yeah, I yeah. Don't even know, pretty damn cool. That is awesome. That's a great story. And you realize how shitty I was as a hockey player. <laughs> Which Just is not good at all. The bar was not set incredibly high. Well, with those it guys. was for a lot of these Canadian yeah. guys who, oh. like, on TV, is like they could skate. Yeah. They were good skaters. This is like, what, like Lachlan Monroe. Right. That guy can play hockey. Yeah. There's a couple of James Badge Dale. Do you know that actor? He plays goal. Anybody who's a goalie, right, yeah. is prized down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Bruckheimer. Did you ever play with those guys? No, he that was he he started his own thing, right. separate thing with like real like like real movie stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well like Tom Cruise and uh, Yeah. Uh, the Sutherland uh, Kiefer would play with Kiefer Bruckheimer. would play with those guys and sometimes he'd slum it with, with uh with us and okay, stuff. Good. <laughs> Kiefer said they used to play in L.A. and then it just got too much. He couldn't be in L.A. Like it was just he had to. St- I mean, into Vegas. You know, the, oh, the Bruckheimer yeah, yeah, would have yeah, these yeah, road yeah. games. No more. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, my, but um, it was a uh, um, Mike Myers would be part of the pickup game. Oh, nice. And you know, and he was not good at all. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, yeah, just terrible. Just really, really right. terrible. Right. But uh, he got out there and it was just like, he's really quiet and really shy, but he would just, you know, he'd be learning. And then it was so weird. Then I saw him on Johnny Carson and it was just sort of like, he's Mike Myers. It's like, wow. It was the first right. insight into how different, how, you know, just that these guys who yeah. are always on right. are so tired. <laughs> I know. They're so tired in their real lives. They're just like, I just want to... And the minute he was on Carson, it was just like, boop, boop, 
put on a show. He says eight minutes. Amazing. What, do you, what do you need? Amazing. And, yeah. Amazing. Wow. Cool. Like Spade's not like that. He's always David Spade. He's always Spade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's always Spade. And, and you worked with on Just Shoot Me, of course. Yeah, he's yeah. wonderful. He is wonderful, isn't he? Very he really, now, really had a horrible is. childhood, right? He went through some. And sc- even his adult, yeah. even his adult life was yeah. just mixed with with just like black stuff drama drama yeah, yeah but was able to funnel that into comedy in a way that was pretty is what pretty he rich. does on lights out yeah what he funny. does i mean he's an older guy of course he won't admit it no <laughs> uh, but what he does he makes the stupidest lines funny right yeah you're right he's just, he's just so comfortable in just yeah. throwing everything away he's just magnificent yeah. to watch I, i've interviewed him a few times surprisingly charming and and nice i thought my impression now the other guys on that show though oh my goodness the uh, the actor we're talking about just shoot me now. yes yeah. yeah so there's a fellow there uh who was a, a great film star in the 70s and 80s are you really not forget are you really not remembering george siegel george siegel thank you yeah i know i'm an idiot so so siegel though on a tv tell me a story about george siegel okay for all of us coming into just shoot me was uh was a crazy time everybody was dealing with their own sort of issues and george in particular uh was dealing with a wife on her deathbed. Oh my goodness! And um, and so one of the greatest stories is uh, I forget her name. I'd never met her because when we were doing the pilot, she was already in hospice or something. Oh, and so he would come and go, and and he would tell the story about uh, his wife on her deathbed saying, "George, go find love. Just go find love." Wow. Like, Jeez, and I think. She passed, and we did the pilot, and we didn't know, and we started hanging out and being friends, and and next thing I know, he gets a an invitation to go back to his um, high school reunion, and the invitee was an old girlfriend of his, Sonia, and uh, they've been married this whole time. Wow! Yeah, just wow! Because and Sonia and George just rediscovered themselves, and this was all happening at the beginning of this tragic of, of time ju- of, of just shoot me too. Yeah, the yeah. beginning just shoot me was happening. I had just met my my previous wife, mm-hmm. had two kids. Yeah, Laura just had a baby. San Giacomo. Ja- San Giacomo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy's just. Wendy perfect. Malik, Wendy yeah. Pally is just perfect. It's just from Buffalo. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's just like crazy <laughs> Wendy, who who could literally muck a horse the same day she's about to meet the president of the United States. Wow, Do you know what I mean? She's Versatile. That, she's that kind of lady. She's just like <laughs> I'll belong here, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna have dinner with uh, you know the president, yeah. wow. or, you know the the Democratic convention, you know the uh, you know jumping off to the Democratic convention. Or what something. a cast. Amazing, yeah. the, the, and we still see each other. We still love each other. Oh, nice. We just—I was just back in L.A. this month. We, we, uh, David had uh, a little reunion for us on his show. Oh, oh my Lights goodness! A little, oh. a little sketch that we did. He flew. He Is flew it aired already? I'm not sure if it okay. has or not. But it was really cute, and just reliving it for those thirty seconds or a minute and a half was just made david happy because you know he uh, whether he admits it or not he, he probably had the best time on that show because he had just come from saturday night live yeah 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 and uh <coughs> and without him saying so you could tell that the environment on snl was, was punishing toxic yeah 
and cutthroat. Right. And you really you really come out of there with a sense of mistrust. I mean, he had he made good friends there. Yeah. But for the first those first six episodes on Just Shoot Me, he he was so used to looking at cue cards. He'd never really look at you as an actor. Right, right. And uh, <clears throat> he was stand up parachuted yeah, on the Yeah, a, and he was just like doing I, that. I it was just like doing that. And it was like Wendy and Laura who said, David, yeah. you're safe here. Yeah. He didn't like me. Really? Why not? Because I was a dude. And he was and George worried. was older, and there were two other so women. So you were threatening. I was, a th- I, I, you know, I, again, I don't know if you'll admit this, but he didn't like me. Huh. He didn't like me, and it was Laura and Wendy who said, David. Yeah. David, we love you, yeah. and you're safe here. Wow! And I was like, "Yeah, dude, we're we're yeah. actors, right? We're not we're not stand-ups." But from what, what I mean? understand, like like on Roseanne, Roseanne was a stand-up who was parachuted onto her own show. But you had guys like John Goodman and uh, the the and, a- and, yeah, actress and, who played and, the sister, that, that, yeah. who were like tugboats, push just guiding her to her that, exactly, lines, right? Yeah. And then that must yeah, have happened for him. That's exactly with you guys. what happened. Right. That's exactly what happened. Huh. We were we were because we didn't understand. You coming from the theater, and we all came from the theater, George included. I'd just yeah. seen him do uh, um, Requiem for a Heavyweight on Broadway years earlier with John Lithgow. Oh, my God. And he was magnificent. Yeah. It was just like, I go, George, I saw you in Requiem. He goes, oh, you were one of the few. Those were the lean years, he says. Wow. Those were the lean years. I go, Broadway was the lean years. Wow. George, George and to this day, he's just... yeah. You know, I know you wanted a George Siegel story. And no, 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 that's can't. awesome. Epic, uh, those, the films he made in the 70s. Did he bring his banjo to the set? He uh, did. Yeah? Until some some memo went around and George, leave the banjo at home. <laughs> and it crushed him. Oh, it well, that's, not, that's not right. He would do it. He would do it. Between, he would entertain the uh, the audience. Because, All you know, right. those sitcoms, you had yeah. you had the stand-up. Who oh, would, so he did the shtick for the studio audience on the band? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's yeah, a bonus. He would, yeah, he would sing. That's it was pretty good like bonus. In the, first, in the first six or seven episodes. And then it was just like, I don't know who it was. Maybe I'm going to blame Levitan. Uh, Steve, Steve Levitan? Levitan? Who created the show. Yeah. yeah. He went on to... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? In Modern Family. He yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, he's one of the top creators today still. We'll take another short break. Let's uh, do that and then come back. And I, damn it, you're not going to shake me off uh, a Galaxy Quest story, okay? So we'll come back, talk a bit about that. Fine. Are you a film buff, a big film fan? You like seeing uncut films? I hate seeing films that are all cut up because the little pieces of 16mm are all on the floor. It's hard to vacuum. If you go to Hollywood Suite, the best films of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, you can see a month a month full of uncut films for the price of a small bag of popcorn. I mean, what are you waiting for? Can you dive in. You've got these great, great films, some of my favorites. Let's look at just 1978, one of the years they're showcasing. Saturday Night Fever, The Deer Hunter, Dawn of the Dead, Days of Heaven, Superman the Movie. Come on, Christopher Reeves. Uh, these are golden films. Beautiful and restored, and go see them now on Hollywood Suite. Hollywood Suite, best films of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. All right, and we're back, and we were talking about uh, Just Shoot Me, very funny comedy that you yeah. were on. Was that five years, five seasons? We so. did seven seasons. Seven seasons. You know what, Bill? Do your homework, man. Holy smokes. I done just pulling you up. Well, I'm, you know, it, it's get a, off my back. Okay, I know it's hard work. <laughs> I was thinking in in Canada, seven seasons is five seasons. I think that's what, <laughs> that's what, that's what for me. So I was close. <laughs> anyway, 
so you did this great comedy in the states, and now you're getting—you must That's be getting funny. offers. And everybody's coming around, and 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 tell me about uh, Galaxy. Yeah, Quest. that was a, that was that was a, you know that's when you thought everything was going to change for the better. You know what I mean? I got now suddenly I'm working with Steven Soderbergh. Right, a couple of films with him, right? Full frontal with him, yeah, and then yeah. when we went on to do other things. Uh, Mr. Spielberg had me in AI. AI yeah, but um, it was it was after the first season of Just Shoot Me. You know, you, you go in for these appointments. I got Stigmata. Was that first that first year? And then in '99, it was. Um, so it was always after you know you did a season of Just Shoot Me. You go, okay, what am I going to do for the summer? I can't right. just sit around. Right, at home. right. You're hiatus. Like four months, a hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, fortunately, there was always something waiting. And Galaxy Quest came in 1999, right? And it was sort of reading it, and it was like very, very funny. And uh, I met Dean Parisot and sort of I told that story. He was the director. He was the director who, but it was supposed to be Harold Ramis, right? And Harold didn't want. Tim and blah, I don't know what happened, but Tim he Allen. ended up too. So everything was in motion, and Dean was sort of this afterthought. Right. He was like, because uh, uh, Mark Johnson, who had produced Home Fries with him, right. says, you know, you're going to come in and and do this. And Deborah Zane, who cast it. Uh, but anyway, the, 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 the story I remember more than anything is like, I was separating from my wife from the for the first the first time, mm-hmm. and it was like I, you know what, you guys they and they really wanted to lowball me. They wanted me to do it, but it's like here, but you you need to do it for fifty cents. And I go, I would do it for fifty cents if I wasn't considering having the separation and how much time I'm going to be spending and right. with my kids and stuff. Yeah. So I basically said, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. And that. <laughs> And, and and usually I guess I learned something about negotiating. If if you if you if you're going to walk away, you better mean it, right? Because they'll either say, "Okay, see you later," right? But that didn't happen. They wow. really they they all scrambled. Wow. Dean Dean got on the phone. He goes, "What do you mean you don't want to do it?" Right. I go, "Dude, I'm, I just told him everything right. I told you." I go, yeah. "I'm I'm about to separate with my right. with my wife. My kid my kid is very very young." Right. I don't want to do this for 50 cents. Right. Cause this he goes, could- I'll call you right back. So it's about the money? I go, well, yeah, the money would help. I'll call you right back. <laughs> really? And next thing you know, they're like, they made this deal that was just much more lucrative. And wow. still not, you know what? I'm not talking millions of dollars. I'm talking mm. about it was a low six-figure deal that was mm. like made all the difference in the world. That's it was fantastic. Like, it's like, oh, you really, really want me to do this. Yeah. And you're and you're putting your money where your mouth is. Wow! See, this, this didn't work when I was leaving the Toronto Sun. <laughs> I said, "Okay, Bill, just but that's leave, what I mean. Leave your bag there with I the hope- paper. We'll get someone else to do your paper." <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Look, it doesn't happen all the time, but I guess it was the kind of character on paper. And you know, Mathazar wasn't really on the on the, the page, but right. You know, in, in fact, you really created and uh, did a lot of the backstory to this guy didn't you know you? what apparently uh, you know what to me it just seemed like a stupid sort of thing to play for me it was like a vocal exercise that i learned in yale it's like you you tap into all your resonator like me <laughs> i go i'm gonna do that and uh and, and, and taught other cast members well, to because do dean was like uh, uh, dean was like Okay, you, 
that's the Thermian world. Right. We're gonna we're gonna create a ther- during where there was a week of yeah. of uh, prep and and uh, camera tests and and rehearsals and yeah. we we. We uh, scheduled a few hours every day for Thermian school, where we discovered the walk and stuff, and and uh, and some of your students uh, at Thermian school were uh, uh, Thermians on yeah, the show. A young, a young Rain Wilson, oh, yeah, their and, first role, and uh, and yeah. uh, and, uh, and um, um, what's his uh, name, Long. Uh, Justin Long, he yeah. wasn't a Thermian. Oh, okay. He was a young kid, but Jed Reese, yeah, Missy yeah. Pyle, wow, you know. Uh, yeah, and and you know, and, and to me, even a young Sam Rockwell, who yeah. uh, you know, I got to, he does the best Christopher Walken impersonation. <laughs> too. I mean, everybody has a Chris right. Walken right. impersonation, yeah. but he he, I base my Chris Walken on his Chris Walken. Well, uh, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's just like a, a a friend of mine impersonates Paul Morris, who used to do the play-by-play at Hockey Night. He used oh, to yeah. call the goals. Yeah. So I impersonate Pat Bullock. It was Herana goals scored by number twenty-seven, Daryl Sittler. Time five oh four. But you that's and I are good. the only one who that's gets good. this joke anymore, that's right? Good. It's just only good that's if you. Good. Would. He's not there anymore. No, is he dead? I, I think he might still be alive. Uh, Let's hope. I don't know. But but yeah. Dave Hodge was at something like uh, like a couple of weeks ago uh, at the opening of the Paradise on Bloor. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. yeah. I guess he's friends with the uh, with the owner, but they had a big opening, and he was. It's like that fucking Dave Hodge. Yeah, yeah. He uh, almost had to jump back in when Cherry and everything went down. Oh, man. Yeah. We want to talk about that? No, no I, I don't, don't know. No, well, I don't we'll, think so. Next podcast with uh, all your stories. But, yeah. but okay, Galaxy Quest. Um, and, of course, you know. The 20 rest- years later, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary. Right. It's And, and people are, I mean, uh, it was a hit when it came out, but it's just become. Was it, though? Well, you know, it made money, right? Yeah, it, made, it didn't. It didn't do. It didn't. It, it, the word of mouth. Eventually, right. it, it started to work its way up. Yeah. Uh, but we opened. We well, you're right. Nowadays, a movie makes half its money on the opening, yeah. right? And then this is a movie, from what I understand, it opened and then it went up. It stepped up and up, and for five, six weeks, yeah. like it was really yeah. rolling along. And uh, my favorite Star Trek film, you know, making yeah. quotations. Yeah, yeah. It's just a dream idea yeah very brilliant yeah but you brought a, a color to it that wasn't there like you really added to the, the value of watching this film it's a very funny performance so i, I uh, well, one of thanks. my favorites yeah. thanks i and, mean you know when you get to play a, a psychopath or an alien <laughs> who's to say what is appropriate behavior right well it worked and uh alan rickman would it must have been fun Palant with yeah. this guy, and, uh, and, then, and you know, in the rare occasions of actually becoming friends with people you work with, he was one of the few, yeah, that a friendship developed. But but he was like that with most people. Wow. And he'd go back to London, and when he was in L.A., he'd always have the phone call. And when I was in London, he was like, I was like, how many people get to go to London and have Alan Rickman as their tour guide? Jeez. I the Eye of London, right. and like the. The, the buses and he brought me and my son to to uh, London Bridge wow, it, was just wow. like, it was just like just well, just a, a mensch of a man but you must have had to stop every 10 feet I mean folks would be approaching and you know what you'd think yeah. but no oh no he wore a big hat or yeah, something yeah because you know what when you if you don't know Alan you yeah. don't know the smiley bright faced man that he is that's true yeah He's laughing and just like happy and lovely. 
He's not like he's played a lot of villains. You know, a lot of those villains. It's yeah. just like you don't expect. And his hair is lighter. Yeah. You know, at the time it was almost blonde. Huh. Really? And he's like happy and gregarious and just like lovely. It's like no, you know, maybe once or twice people realize it was him. Wow. Uh, Tim Allen. This must have been an interesting time. I mean, you know, I, I he had this blow up success on this sitcom of his. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like you have a happy Tim Allen story. You're looking at the floor. I, you know what? I have a I have a Steve Eisenman jersey on my wall, signed by Steve Eisenman, and Tim gave it to me. Oh my goodness! As a as a uh, no, I have nothing but respect for the man. Oh, that's awesome! I have nothing oh, but nice. respect for yeah. the man. I you know we didn't become friends or yeah, anything, yeah. but again, a stand up surrounded by right. Actors, right? He knew what his play. He knew what his role was. He's right. very humble about it. Stayed in his lane. He I stayed guess. in yeah. his lane, yeah. and Sigourney was magnificent with him because it was always like Tim. Yeah. You need to come back now. Oh wow! Because if you, if you gave him, yeah, audience, oh right, Tim would just go off. Yeah, and Daryl Mitchell, you know, he was yeah. like, he was, and, and and you know, and Chill was like, Chill was his nickname, Chill. Right? Chill was yeah. always just like in his face, and they were. <laughs> Funny guy. They would just yeah. feed each other. It was just like next thing you know, Sigourney would have to go, Tim, we need to come back. <laughs> well, we need to come back now. Mitchell was on the, one of my favorite. First, it, was, it was great for a season and a half, the John Larroquette show. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. And, and Mitchell was in it and a uh, great cast. But, um, uh, yeah, they were tremendous Galaxy Quest cast. So 20 seasons. Is there any kind of a uh, reunion or anything coming up? I don't or? think so. They're, they're, I mean, the documentary came out. I haven't. Excuse me, I haven't seen it yet. Mm. And, and talk of uh, reviving talk, the series. Amazon right? has the rights for it okay. as a series, but then Alan passed away, and so they were ready to go. And then, uh, and then he passed away, and that sort of changed everything. Mm. And I know there. I mean, there's always somebody trying to, um, yeah, pitch something, get the rights, and get the sequel done. I go, I why not leave well enough alone? Really, that's how you feel. I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, I can only think of one real example where a sequel surpassed the original. The Godfather? Is, yeah. there, is there another one? I can't think of another one. I can't one. think no. of anything there, There's actually five or six sequels to Rockies and Die Hards that you just saw. Yeah, maybe. May, may, maybe, you know, like, uh, uh, what was that wonderful thing he did? But it was called, he was, it was called... Um, not Rocky. Remember he did it when he was like the restaurateur was behind him. It was called... Phil? Who's who? Uh, Stallone? Balboa. Rocco Balboa. It was called yeah, Balboa. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a lovely... That's true. It was a the lovely, more recent lovely film. film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you're right. Yeah. Balboa. But that was after Rocky V. Yeah, it's sort of 20 years later. Yeah. yeah. Balboa and, and was, that was a, a lovely, a lovely, lovely because film. Because the young actor was very good in that. Brought a whole new energy. It was yes. more about him. Yeah, it was more yeah. about him and yeah. really about... Uh, Looking back on his life, it was more of a meditation, yeah. not unlike The Irishman, which I really loved yeah. for that reason, because it was just sort of a meditation on on one's life. And well, it is, isn't it? It's yeah, about it's aging and yeah. dying. It's beautiful. I yeah. mean, and and yeah. you know, I have a mom. Uh, my mom is uh, ninety five. She's in a long term care center. You know, she's doing okay, but she's ninety five. And and you see. When De Niro at the end of that movie, you know, in, in the circumstances. So I was relating very strongly yeah. to that last yeah. half hour. Yeah. And it was, I thought that was yeah. the best part of the movie. Yeah. You know? When you look at somebody sitting in a chair and you realize the life they've lived. Yeah. 
and you can meditate on that and all the people that have come and have gone I thought that was such a beautiful film. Yeah, it was great. We better let you go. Listen, Whatever. we did all this and didn't talk about Veronica Mars and uh, dozens of other things. It's uh, what did we? What did we talk about? Talked about uh, Michael Power. <laughs> Can you do the, the... So teach me goodness, discipline, and knowledge. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. We, didn't, we, didn't have, we had... Uh, what did we have? We didn't have much. He had a pretty good hockey team. In, in, we did have a hockey team, but so did Michael Power for a while. Yeah. Uh, what Wait was the crest, Wait a though? For a while. Vidi, Vizi, Vizi, Vuji, Vaji. Right. Something was on our crest at Henry Yeah, Carr. that means uh, don't wear uh, long underwear. <laughs> uh, what's that, Latin? Semper Ubi, Sub Ubi? Those, those aren't gray. Those aren't gray. <laughs> you had to wear the blazer and the Of pant- course we yeah, did, yeah. yeah. And you did the tie. It always made the knot in the tie as big as your head. Oh, you'd have to learn how to make it because every senior would come around and yeah. just yank right, it. Right, yeah. And you had to... To, if you didn't know how to make a tie, that yeah. was it. You were doomed. It's a lot about life. It was probably the training for New York that you needed was getting your tie choking, <laughs> not yanked at Henry Carr High yeah, School. The mistrust that I that yeah. I learned. Uh, Rico, thank you so much for devoting so much time. What was your name again? Uh, John Doyle. John, John Doyle. I love your work. Yeah, thank you very oh much. Oh, my God, John. Yeah. Thank I you I always will use this alias as Bill Brio now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, it's not, not everybody loves John, you know. Like, uh, we'll hope to well, have it was him. sort of a callback. We, we couldn't remember anybody's name. No, this I know. Whole article. It's exactly. Like, this whole, it's like, what? Ah, shit. Phil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rico comes in talking to a Mr. Dementia here. But anyway, um, I, I, we, we remembered enough names. But thank you so much. I, and not bad blood. God, we didn't I talk about Sudbury and all this other stuff. We didn't talk about bad blood, Veronica Mars, Flashpoint. Yeah. But you know what? We gave, we, gave, we gave the people what they want. I think we did. And we're getting it there. So thank you so much. It's great to see you. Are we going to shake hands and, well, as well, if well, people well, can see it? Yes, we'll shake, we're, we're, shaking, now shaking we're shaking hands. hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> we'll hope to see you again soon. Thanks very much for coming Five in. Take care.